0: Tiger fans, welcome back to the Clemson podcast. Uh, it's Sunday, November 15th. The Clemson Tigers are just coming off a win against the Syracuse Orange to go 10-0 in the season in what was probably about the worst 10th uh, win I've ever seen. <laughs> so that being said, um, before we get into it here, we'd love if you guys, um, you could subcri- subscribe to us at iTunes or whatever podcasting app or platform that you prefer, whether it be Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, You know, leave us a review on iTunes. It really goes a long way to, to getting us out there to other Clemson fans. Um, and, yeah, we'd appreciate it. Um, all right, so, yeah, uh, this is Ben. I'll be hosting today, and I'm joined here by uh, Cody um, Tully. Our usual host is, again, on a parental leave. So we're giving him a little bit of a break here while he gets uh, acclimated to caring for a, a small human. Um, so, yeah, just taking a look at um what we're going to – Uh, talk about today obviously we're going to recap the Syracuse game give some of our thoughts and takeaways um, but then also discuss how we think we stack up against the other top teams in the country right now I think a lot of Clemson fans have some questions about that um, especially seeing kind of our last three game stretch Um, and then you know as usual we'll take a look at some other scores around the college football landscape there's a lot of upsets this weekend a lot of really good uh, football to watch and that the playoff uh, chase and field is really starting to narrow down Um, so real quick, uh, men's basketball. Basketball season has started. Uh, men's basketball team is off to a two zero start. Really excited about that. They playing some really good basketball. They got a seventy four to forty win over North Carolina Central and a seventy eight to forty five win over uh, Texas San Antonio uh, earlier today. So we're gonna take a look at uh, uh, the game so far this season in our Wake Forest preview coming up this week. But so far, off to a good start. And then a couple other things here. Um, Cody, uh, we're hearing that Oklahoma has ripped off the We Too Deep chant in their locker room. How do you feel about that? I mean, they can have it. I mean, it's a cool thing. It's
1: being being spread around. I don't think they're as deep as we are. So... (laughs) They can. They can know, judging it. by
0: the bowl game last year, they're not.
1: Yeah, actually, we, we we could be a little bit deeper, to be honest. But, I mean, they can they can have it. You know, it doesn't have to be specific to Clemson.
0: Well, it's not just this, too. We've seen the all-in uh, chant kind of go viral around the football world and other teams using it. But you know what? They say that uh, imitation is the, the sincerest form of flattery. And you, when you're a really good program, people are going to be looking up to you and trying to copy you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm okay with it.
0: All right. Well, one last thing before we get into talking about the game here. Uh, Cody, what are you drinking tonight? It's probably like the third or fourth time, but
1: I'm going with the Franz & Hefeweizen. It's just a really good beer for a Sunday. You know, I was drinking Lagunitas yesterday and a lot of IPAs. So it's good to go with something a little bit lighter. Um, You know, good Sunday beer.
0: Uh, Yeah. So speaking of the Lagunitas IPA, I'm actually drinking it on a on draft right now as i have currently have a keg of it sitting in my shower so <laughs> uh, long story there won't tell you how uh, get into the specifics of it but uh, you know it's there it's available so why not
1: well I, i'll just say I, I think i hate you suck from shaking the south end was right we are a bunch of frat
0: boys <laughs> <laughs> Now, frat boys drink like natty light or something like that yeah, this, this is this is quality ipa beer we're far more sophisticated than frat boys yeah exactly um Okay, so with that in mind, uh, let's get into to recapping the Syracuse game here. Um, this game probably turned out not how most of us expected. And it was another really kind of third game in a row where it was some tense situations in this game and it was not a fun one to watch. Um, you know, going into the game, we thought that you know, this could be one of those games, especially going into our, our next three games here that we could kind of sit back and relax and enjoy. Like a pretty big beatdown because Syracuse is by no stretch of the imagination a good team, um, but we only pulled this one out by ten points, thirty-seven to twenty-seven, um, and it was just kind of back and forth all game. It was again one of those situations where I really felt uh, like we had it in control the whole game. How about you? Yeah, I was never
1: worried. I, I, I agree. I think we were in control of the whole game. I watched the film. I watched. I rewatched the film this morning and. It actually wasn't as like doom and gloom as I thought it was. There were there were some mistakes that are that can be corrected. I'll say this, and I've said it before, I said it after the NC State game. Home field advantage goes a long way, and there's something to be said for momentum. And Syracuse had was riding the wave of momentum in that game. Up, we punched them in the mouth in the beginning. We we're up fourteen zero, and we could have rode that to like a sixty point sixty to nothing victory. I, I truly believe that, but ultimately. They come back, you know. The Kelly Bryant fumble completely shifts the you know the dynamic of the game. Uh, they get a little bit of the Uncle Mo on their side. they uh, they they have a l- very legitimate home field advantage there in the dome. And before you know it, you know it's a ten point game. What could have been a, a huge blowout becomes a ten point game. And I'll say this: looking, you know, I don't think we look past the opponent here. We there were definitely some mistakes that need to be corrected. But if you you bring this type of energy, this type of effort, this lack
0: of focus into Columbia, and we'll, we'll get beat. It's not that game is not a gimme. Yeah, no, and that could be absolutely uh, that could be devastating if we go in there as the number one team in the country uh, undefeated, and they give us our loss to possibly knock us out of the college football playoff. I mean, they would love nothing more than that. Their season's over at this point; they have one thing left to play for, and that's to beat us. And if we keep playing like this, they have a decent shot. I mean, it's not looking as good as it did maybe three games ago. Um, yeah. So you mentioned, you know, we got out. I felt the same way that you did. We we got out. To that fourteen to nothing lead, and I think you did the math real quick, and we were on pace to beat them like four hundred twenty to nothing. Um, and I, I felt like the way the looks of the game, it looked like it it was going to go the way we thought it was, uh, but it just didn't turn out to be the case. There was that big momentum shift there, and and you know they they came back, made the game close, and then we got outscored ten to six in the second half with no second half touchdowns. You know, overall, I thought the offense actually played well in this game. They were less of a concern, but then when I look at that. No second half touchdowns against a bad team—that's that's very concerning. I mean, just overall, the play was sloppy and undisciplined in this game, and it's not what you would expect out of the number one team in the country.
1: No, and I don't think after this week we we will be the number one team in the country, and, and rightfully so. We talk about going into South Carolina. Uh, well, first off, I think we we can handle Wake even if we come in with the C minus you know effort or performance. I still think we we handle Wake. I'm worried about the game in Columbia and. God knows I'm worried about the Tar Heels, who look better and better every week. Um, we we got to get it together again. There, there's some things that can be corrected. I will say the offense is really clicking. Syracuse put a lot into into turning uh, shutting down our run game. They did a good job. Deshaun Watson, you know this this game completely was uh, kind of the score. The lack of touchdowns in the second half kind of overshadows The fact that he was magnificent, just pulling pulling uh, pulling the ball, going for the run. Uh, his passes, you know, he wasn't perfect. He did have an interception, but he looks good. He's really developed that chemistry with Deion Kane, Jermont Hopper. Uh, Sharon Peaks,
0: looking great. We'll talk about him in just a bit. But, um, but yeah, we, we got some things to work on for sure. Yeah, and, you know, Watson is certainly rounded into form as a legitimate Heisman contender. contender we'll keep saying that and with the the competition we're playing and how the offense is clicking we expect his numbers to to keep on pace and he's probably going to end up in New York this year you know barring I- injuries um so yeah i mean really and it's funny because early on it was the defense that was really carrying this team the offense took a while to get going but as as they've gotten better as the season's gone along the defense has seemed to have taken a step back um, so really, it kind of leads us to this question. You mentioned it, your thoughts just a second ago, Cody. Are we the best team in the country right now? Our number one ranking may say so, but are we living up to that hype right now? No,
1: I, I don't think so. You, you asked before this game if we were the best team in the country, and I said yeah, by a very just by a very slight margin. Now I'm, I think I'm going back on that, and that has a little bit to do with Ohio State and Alabama getting better, particularly Alabama. But no, I, I think there's there's some things that we need to correct, and if we were to face Ohio State with J.T. Barrett, you know, Mahoney for Syracuse, we made him look like Aaron Rodgers. I think J.T. Barrett would really just tear us apart right now. So, I honestly, I, I still think we're top four, but I think probably number three behind Ohio State and Alabama right now.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, again, I did mention this last time when I asked the question before, if, if I... If we think we're the best team, and you know, I think we're definitely in the top four, but this game just further goes to show you that I, I don't think we're there yet. Our comfort level with this team has been greatly reduced lately, um, and, and it's really been through a lot of shaky defensive play. You know, you always want to get better as the season goes along, no matter where you start. If you start elite, you still want to get even better than where you are. Uh, if you start great, same thing. So what we've seen is the offense has certainly gotten better as the year has gone along. I think, although from the wide wide receiver position, we've taken a hit with uh, Williams uh, being injured. Although Peak has really started to come on lately. But you look on the special team side um, or the defensive side of the ball, we've gotten arguably worse as the season's gone along, and it's it's not that's not good. I mean, you you always want to get better. So again, we have some time left. We have. Uh, three games definitely, and then if we went out in those, we had the college football playoffs. So we have time to make some corrections, but we were saying we had time just to make, make some corrections like three games ago into N- NC State, and it's kind of starting to concern me that we were not seeing that, especially on defense. Yeah, and I, I think that goes to, and I again,
1: re-watching the film, we looked a little bit flat. I, I give Shaq Lawson... In Ben Boulware and B.J. Goodson, all the credit in the world because those guys, including Kevin Dodd, those guys are playing a ton of snaps. A lot of the mental errors right now are coming at the linebacker position, and I think it's because they're just overworked. And we had that bye week early in the season, and we really could use it right now. And we, and we thought this would be kind of a give-me. We could put in some of the second-team guys. I think we really jumped the gun putting in Kelly Bryant in that third series but it wasn't a gimme. Any any given Saturday, a team, especially with the home field advantage, can jump, can jump up and beat you. And I think again, I I, th- I give I give those guys all the credit in the world. But we really need to give them a break, give them give them some rest. I think a lot of hits, especially as, as physical as guys like Goodson and Bulware and Shaq play,
0: I think it's really taking its toll. Yeah, and we talk about the hits. I mean, this game was a lot tougher. I think that we thought it was going to be too. Well, we saw a few guys get banged up with the Gallman uh, going out of the game and Hyatt, and Leggett, and McKenzie Alexander on the defensive side. And you saw Hopper. I think he was just cramping up more than anything else. But, yeah, this was a tough game. And, again, we don't have a lot of depth in a lot of these positions, and we can't afford to get guys hurt. And we went in there, and we, we won, but it didn't look great, and we, we got banged up a little bit along the way. Yeah, and that's
1: exactly what we didn't want. and We, we said it. I think it was uh, one of the guys – was it QT? He said we have nothing to gain at this point in the season, uh, just things to lose. And we really, we took away, we took a hit probably from the voters. We'll see that on Tuesday. And then we obviously took took some uh, hits with injuries. We haven't seen the injury report come out yet. But yeah, you said, you know, Gallman, Hyatt, Leggett, and and Mack um, all banged up. Hopefully it's nothing serious. We're, and that, that's on top of Crowder and McLeod being out already. So hopefully this Wake Forest game
0: really is a give me and we can get these guys some rest. Yeah, and I, see, I would argue against the fact that we have nothing to gain because I, I think we certainly do. What we have to gain is getting our starters some rest and getting our backups in there to give some experience because we, we need them to spell these guys. We saw the defense uh, slow down at the end of the Louisville game. We saw them slow down the in, and get tired at the end of the Notre Dame game. So if we don't have guys like Kendall Joseph or Dane Rogers uh, that can come in there and actually make some impact and get some playing time to help – you know, give these other guys some relief. I mean, we're going to be starting going up against really good teams if we make the playoff. And, you know, we really – man, if we don't tie up some of these loose ends, um, we could get embarrassed by an elite team, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so too. And I think we are just as elite as anyone else, but we could, at the same in the same breath, be embarrassed. These, I, I say, going back to the linebackers, being out of position – North Carolina' is looking great right now. I, I don't want to play them next week. I, I, don't, I don't think we could win. Um, I, I think for, for one reason, I, I, one of their biggest weaknesses is their speed and athleticism. They're, they're very physical. They've done a great job of, of stopping, running you know uh, opposing offenses at the point of attack, right in the line of scrimmage by probably being a little bit over aggressive. Now teams are learning that this is, could work to their advantage if, if you kind of exploit that. And that's what they're doing. A lot of, a lot of options, a lot of zone reads. And again, if if Bulwer isn't, you know, top of his game, everything going great between the years, just in terms of like motivation and, and energy, then it can really come back to bite us. And it, North Carolina is good, man.
0: Yeah, and it's you know it's not just Bullware either. It's good to not being able to get off blocks. It's blanks is just kind of he's he's a step slow to be honest with you. Um, but there's no way to back him up. This, this team's really missing um, Corn Wiggins uh, for sure. I mean, I think that's evident m- more Nelson than ever. I, I think you, you, you say it's Mike Williams from the defensive side of the, or offensive side of the ball. It's Corn Wiggins on the defense is the guy that we miss the most. I, I was thinking the exact same thing watching the film. Uh, Blanks is
1: good. He's physical. Uh, to have him, you know, dispel, you know, when, when Wiggins went down, you know, it's a, he's a good second man up. But Wiggins... Has great instincts. He's he's a pretty physical guy, and he's exactly what we need out of that nickel sand position. And you're right. That, that's that's been a huge loss, and not to mention the, the safeties. I mean, they still look a little bit lost. Curse and 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 Green. They're, they're I don't want to say lost. I mean, they're they're still physical. They're still getting up, but you see them getting caught behind blocks, out of position. Uh, not sure what's going on exactly there, but it's something, again, need to correct, and we would get embarrassed if we played a high-level team right now.
0: Yeah, and I think what's really scary is it, this is no longer a one-off or an outlier type of situation. We're starting to see it as a trend. These things have happened three games in a row now, and that means teams are really starting to, to zone in on our weaknesses and prey on them. And again, any given day, you get the right team who dials up the right calls to, to attack those weaknesses. And, like, let's say Watson has a bad day or Gallman has a bad day, the offensive line doesn't have a good day on the other side of the ball. Those, those are the factors that equate to a loss. Exactly. And look at, I mean, look at Mahoney for
1: Syracuse. He, he's looked like a high school, like a, you know, an FCS quarterback in previous games. We made him look like, again, like Aaron Rodgers or like a top tier quarterback. Uh, and all it was was he was doing a really good job of hiding the ball in that in the zone read and the option he was he was just hiding the ball when we couldn't we couldn't get a good read on it we were constantly uh, going to the wrong the wrong guy out of position again and high level, against high level competition that that really worries me um, i don't and i don't know i guess i guess that just goes a little bit to like instincts is that what i mean is that it ben bolwer bj goodson maybe just the instincts not being there maybe
0: it's they're tired maybe it's fatigue I, I don't know, but it needs to be corrected. Well, they were never gonna come in and replace Anthony St- and Stewart, whom we lost last year. That was just gonna be impossible to happen. But and they played well earlier this year, and, and Bullwear in particular, it's had some great games. I mean, he had that fumble, um, you know, early in the game on the second on, or I guess their first drive that led to our second touchdown. Um, and he, it, it just his tenacity and his aggression, like, will make plays like that. But uh, fundamentally, like, he's making a lot of mental mistakes. And sometimes you see it um, in his, uh, his athletic ability is tested, especially with coverage over the middle. And then just missing gaps and being out of position, it, it really is concerning.
1: Yeah, and in, in fairness, at, from watching the game, you know, in its entirety, Ben, ben Bullard did have a pretty solid game aside from those, those missed plays. Uh, he still brings a, a ton of energy and effort, and he's still as physical as ever. He made a lot of great plays. Uh, it's just those are the, those chunk plays will come back to bite you, and then, again, they have to be have to be corrected. And I think one game of rest just to give them, as, you know, a little bit more uh, a mental break
0: too, more than anything. I, I think that's what it's
1: a mental break, maybe a little bit of a physical break. You're right, getting Jalen Williams, Kendall Joseph in there dispel them, it would be really nice against Wake Forest.
0: Yeah, because remember, you know, our our bye week was very early on in the season before the Notre Dame game after, what, having played only three games up to that point. So it was in the first quarter of our season. Um, And really the only rest they've gotten in the past several games has been the blowout against Miami. Um, So, yeah, these guys are playing a ton. And, again, this was a perfect opportunity if we came out and it looked like we had our heads on straight and could have really gone into blowing out Syracuse um and gotten some some other guys in uh but it just didn't happen um you know part of the thing with Mahoney you know I know I think he played against LSU and people would be like well they only beat or they only lost to LSU by 10 at home I'm like okay well yeah LSU clearly is not the number one they're not the best team in the country they lost again this week to Arkansas so, again, two different situations. If we, if we want to consider ourselves elite in the top four, then we need to play like it and not worry about what they did against an LSU team you know, back several re- weeks ago. Um, their offense was predicated on relying on big plays, and they did. They had bit several big runs in this game. I think they had five guys with plays of 25 yards or more, seven at 15-plus. So it was the same thing that happened against North Carolina State and against Dalvin Cook at a Florida State again. The same thing's happening again. It's just a trend that we need to stop. Yeah, and
1: I will say the one thing, the positive that I take from this game is the, our interior line continues to be disruptive. And I think the reason for that is we have a lot of depth there. We, we can go probably five, maybe maybe 60, but I think we, we're alternating four in there uh, or I guess five in there pretty consistently. And those guys continue to just blow up the, the gaps it's just that they're not being flanked by, uh, you know, the, the greatest of linebacker play right now. Uh, but that, that goes back to death. Last year we had all those guys coming in. They look fresh. At defensive end, we're, we're not getting – and this is kind of confusing to me. I don't know why Jurgen and Austin Bryant aren't getting a little bit more playing time. QT mentioned it at the beginning of the season, something that it could potentially be a weakness is our pass rush. And while Shaq Lawson is such a beast, both in um, with pass rushing and in the run game, he's not – he doesn't have that quick first step – quite like uh, Vic Beasley, um, and oh. I, I think Jurgen could be, in, in certain situations, could be good on like those third downs to get to the quarterback maybe a step or half-step quicker.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did have eight tackles for loss yesterday, but only one sack. Um, guys just seem to be, they got into the backfield, but they just seem to be getting there really late. Granted, I know that Mahoney, I think he only attempted 20 passes, but he was like 8 of 20, so there were several you know misses, which means the secondary actually did a pretty good job when he did uh, get the ball off, but a lot of that was those guys getting into the backfield late, and then he would just escape, and that led, you know, in large part to his 76 yards on the ground. All that to say that this could be a really big liability uh, moving forward. You know, a strong defense really gives you more confidence in, in your team, a lot more than I think a strong offense does. Um, you know, they say defense wins football games. They don't usually say it the other way around, and I'd be much more comfortable having the defense being the most dominant part of our team Um, As opposed to the offense right now, Uh, because if you can't stop people from scoring, then it's going to be hard to win football games against really good teams. Uh, That being said, bright spot here for the most part, again, aside from only putting up six in the second half, is the offense um, has really been pulling it together and really starting to come on these past several games. And I think for the most part, we're really excited out of what we're seeing out of them. You know, we we mentioned this earlier on. We got off to a hard hot start in this game, but then inexplicably Kelly Bryant comes in to start the third series of the game and has that fumble, and that really that really changed the momentum in the game. And I would ask, why is he in there at that point? You're only up fourteen to nothing. Wait till you're up, you know, four scores and Schaefer's over Custon on the sideline. But <laughs> that was not the moment for it.
1: Yeah, and I think hindsight's twenty twenty. I. I don't. I think he was in there a little bit too early, but ultimately we were, we did want to get him some reps, see what he could offer, uh, which he, again he adds a different element, different wrinkle to the offense, which I think it was fair that they tried to get him in with the first teamers, probably a little bit premature, but just as well he could have he could have not fumbled there and they could have went for a you know an eighty or seventy five yard touchdown drive and no one would have thought
0: a thing and we would have gone on to blow out Syracuse yeah but we're dynamic enough we have enough wrinkles as is on the offense that we don't need to bring him in that situation we can wait till we're up four scores and then bring him in he can still play with the first teamers I just I don't I don't see the logic in this I mean that's that's telling your team almost that like hey we know we're going to beat these guys so we're going to go ahead and bring in the second string quarterback I understand the argument that yeah you got plays called for him he has uh, his own talents and abilities But you know what? There's plenty of other guys starting on that offense, playmakers, that can do the same thing. And you don't have the game in hand at that point, so you don't get cute. You don't start playing around. Like, just give Deshaun Watson the ball. Let him go down in there and score. Let's go up 21 to nothing. And then we can start thinking about getting Brian in the game. But that was huge. It completely changed the momentum of the game. No,
1: I I totally agree. And I even think Syracuse thought that they were done at that moment. The the crowd was out of the game. Fans were – it was deathly silent in there. And all of a sudden, you get that fumble. Um, the defense goes you know, back in, in, uh, deep in, in their own territory. One play, touchdown, momentum completely
0: shifted. The whole, the whole dynamic of the game changed from that point. Well, and again, now we're starting to see that we can't trust the defense as much as we once thought we could. So even more reason not to pull these kind of stunts because you need to be efficient on offense, take care of the football, and go down there and score like a high percentage of the time and put together long drives to keep your defense off the field. We can't afford these things. We can't afford these stupid turnovers. It's just silly. Yeah, and I think a big part of
1: that too is um, Syracuse actually did a fairly good job on defense. They surprised me. Yeah. Um, they, they really stuffed the box. They, they're known for sending a lot of blitzes and stunts. And they didn't do that a whole lot, but they did. I mean, a, a good enough amount to really take our run game away from us. And that I think that, that made it where we couldn't uh, we couldn't establish the run. We we kind of became pass heavy uh, for the most part. Deshaun Watson was masterful, but I think you're putting a lot on on his shoulders, and he and he had to run way too much. Took way too many hits. Just I need to find need to find a little bit more balance there. No,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and especially in what was a very physical game, I thought we did have some guys come out with injuries there. You don't want to put Deshaun Watson in harm's way, obviously, but we did mention this into the end of the preview of this game is that Syracuse was going to blitz a lot. That's what they do. They do it early on, but normally they're easy to they they have been easy to figure out this year, and it becomes less of a factor in the second half. We still saw it being a factor in the second half. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, we had trouble establishing the run game with Gallman. Uh, that that's more so. I'd put that less on their defense and more so on the injury to Crowder and how that really affected it. Maverick Morris has clearly downgraded that position, and we saw it play out there. And it just goes to show you how important uh, it is for our starters to stay healthy on this, you know, especially this position on offense because lack of depth is a huge issue.
1: Yeah, and then we saw Hyatt go down. Uh, from Morgan came, in. it looks like they moved Gore to left tackle. Put uh, From Morgan, From Morgan, I'm sorry, at, at um, or they moved Gore to, I'm sorry, left tackle, and then for Morgan to right tackle. And Gore's just not the same. He, he's not suited for that the left tackle position. And Maverick Morris, again, you're right. He, I mean, he is a clear downgrade. It's good. He is redshirt sophomore. He'll he'll help us down the road, but not ready. He's not at the at Tyrone Crowder's level in terms of run blocking. And it's good that he's, he's versatile enough to move from tackle to guard. But, again, yeah, not, not Crowder. We lost a lot by, ha- by having uh, Crowder on the bench.
0: Yeah, and you start getting these guys out of position and swapping guys around and getting guys in there that haven't played a lot together before. Chemistry on the offensive line is uh, one of the most important factors, I think. And when you start to, to dilute um, kind of your personnel on the line, you're, you're going to see uh, some breakdowns. And, yeah, it really affected the run game. And especially with Gallman trying to run up the middle, I kind of wish we started trying to get him to the outside more because when he did get outside, he had some – he continues to show us really good moves in the open field. And I'm just more and more excited about this kid every time I see him run. Uh, Zach Brooks, he didn't touch the ball a lot in this game, but I thought when he did get on the field that his speed – and his burst was was you know really dynamic and and he had some good plays. Yeah, we said it. He looks like he gained a step. He
1: he definitely didn't gain any weight, but I mean that's okay. That's not his game. He he's physical enough to be as I want to say kind of as undersized as he is. I think he's only like one ninety nine or right at two hundred. But yeah, he, he looks good. If it is his last year, it's good. You know, he's getting some reps, and he he again he looks a little bit quicker than he has in the past. And Gallman is as great as he's been. As much as I've loved watching him. Um, he looks like he had an ankle injury. I think it will be good if he takes one week off. I don't know that they'll do that. But he, he, he runs with, you know, so, with so much physicality. He takes so many licks. It would be good to let him get some rest, I'll obviously allow Brooks to get in there as a the starter against Wake, maybe get uh, Tyshawn Dye in to get some, uh, get some reps.
0: Yeah, it's same thing on the offensive side of the ball. Is we, we need to get in there and get off to a fast start against Wake Forest and just give some guys a break that's when you have the opportunity to get Kelly Bryant in later in that game and get Watson off the field, even getting uh, Schuessler some reps. That's when you get guys like Dye um, into the football game, C.J. Fuller, um, even Davidson, give him some of his senior carries to finish out his career. Um, but, and that's unfortunate that it's what should have happened in this game, but some questionable, uh, uh, some questionable coaching, I guess, coaching decisions. Um, kind of led to that. And, again, the momentum completely shifted. Um, and as a result, our starters were in there the whole game. Yeah, it's crazy. It's momentum,
1: but it's also that home-field advantage. And, again, I'm worried in Columbia if something like that were to happen, um, obviously against the Tar Heels in the ACC championship game, you gotta, you got to be clicking on all cylinders. And you're right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 That does look like a questionable decision. Um, looking at the, the wide receivers, though, going back to, to peak. Again, we had some, had some issues at the, at the beginning of the season uh, with, with interceptions. It looked like there were some chemistry issues from Deshaun Watson. Maybe he was shaking off some rust. I was very – I won't say I was that tough on Sean Peak, but I, was, I just didn't think he was the guy. But he's really stepped up. I was very impressed with how he was really being aggressive going to the ball, but also when he after, – yards after the catch, the physicality. Uh, guy looks great. Deion Cain emerging. He looks great but I, I'll go back you know sharon Pete for a second you mentioned you know you really had his back and I think I think you were right to give him a little bit more time because he you know he had he battled a lot of injuries too so I think it was I think it was a good decision by the by the coaches to leave, leave him in there allow, allow him to be first team
0: and we're seeing the dividends now yeah I mean I again he just had to get his legs under him he hasn't played a whole lot in his career and you know, he's coming into his own, and, and he's being everything we need him to be. He's making clutch plays, big plays, really eating up some yards. He had seven receptions for 120 yards and one TD on the day. So, again, guys like him, uh, that senior leadership, he's a big factor on our offense. And then it really helps like guys like Deion Cain as a freshman not having to be the guy, although he's making a lot of really big plays that makes him look like it. Um, I think another guy that maybe I was even a little hard on, Jermon Hopper, He's been making really big catches lately, and if he can just hold on to the ball when he catches it, he has uh, his dynamic ability is what he can do after the catch. So I think drops have been a problem for him early in his career, but he's stepped in and made some, some made some big plays. Yeah, he's got really good
1: speed, like that short burst type speed, and you're seeing you're seeing him very reliable. He's almost like becoming the the Jerron Brown, where he's like the, maybe the fourth or fifth option, but it, when it, when it's going his way, he's usually making the catch. But the coaches said at the beginning of the year, talked about he has as much talent as anyone, and I think you see that with that added element of, of speed uh, and making yards at, or getting yards after the catch.
0: Yeah, so I I don't wonder if he starts to get more playing time moving forward, really, and, and maybe take up some of the minutes that uh, and snaps Hunter Renfro has had because Hunter Renfro had another down game. It looks like being a freshman is is really starting to catch up to him. I almost see um, Hopper kind of stepping in and, and taking up Hunter of Renfro's playing time.
1: Yeah, I mean. He had a fumble. I mean, it's gonna happen. He was fighting for extra yards, or I guess he was he was a little bit too quick to make his move. I mean, he he fumbled there. I mean, the Florida State game it wasn't that bad. I think he had a couple of, of, of plays, or he he wasn't able to catch it. I won't go so like let's let's you know throw Hunter Renfro to the side. I won't. I will But I will say. Jermon Hopper's look great. He does deserve those reps, I think. He's, he's shown the, an element of, of reliability that we need right now.
0: Yeah, and that's all I'm trying to say. is that I'm not saying that the Renfro doesn't get into the game at all. I'm just saying that you know he's making some errors while Jermon Hopper is playing really well, and you have two guys vying for one position, and you're trying to contend for the college football playoff. You're going to put Hopper in the game, right, especially the way the two of them have played lately. That's funny. I mean, we thought Hunter Renfro would be that
1: Mr. Reliable, and Jermon Hopper was you know, up and down every, every game. So we're seeing really the exact exact opposite of the, as the two roles have reversed.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that plays out moving forward. Again, we have all these weapons and tools in offense that we can afford, especially the wide receiver position if one is not really carrying their weight. There's plenty of other guys to throw in there, so I don't see that being a liability. Um, you know, going to the tight ends real quick, Leggett uh, missed a sure TD, uh, dropping a ball. Uh, so that was kind of one of those mental lapses we, we saw several times in this game. But overall, he's played well. I don't know why we continue to see Stan Seconder <laughs> on the field. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He must do something um, of value, obviously, um, that the coaches uh, trust him that we don't see. But um, otherwise, you know, I guess it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, Leggett's doing so well for the most part that he's been reliable. And he's all we need. Yeah. How old is Seconder? I feel like he's been here for like a decade now. Um, but, yeah, you
1: have some good options. I think that's just part of Dabo's philosophy, giving priority to the upperclassmen. I think he is a fifth-year senior now. So, uh, you know, that's something you can respect. But at the same time, you got some good young guys, and Jordan Leggett has really improved this year. So that I agree that's kind of surprising to
0: see him there. So, um, well, let's at least end on a bright spot here, and I don't know how it's gotten this long to t- talk about it, I guess, since we um, it, it have come to expect so much, and Watson keeps on living up um so what we think his ability is um he had another great passing game today 360 yards two TDs he did have that one interception although I would say that's that that was a hell of a catch I thought by the uh, um whoever that D-back was for Syracuse he also had another 105 yards rushing on the ground and a, and a touchdown there I know we don't like to see him run run as much but the coaches have said this this that's a huge part of this offense is running the quarterback, and when he has that ability, listen. At this point, I think we can all be satisfied that it's only going to be a freak injury that takes him down. He's not as injury prone as we maybe thought he was um, after last year. So my my fear of that is kind of uh, is pretty much you know eliminated. Um, but yeah, he he's a legitimate Heisman contender. I agree,
1: and I think we, he's, he's benefited from a whole offseason in the weight room. Unfortunately, a lot of that time was spent rehabbing, but I think that, that goes to show how much time he was putting in the weight room. That Those those hype videos weren't just all hype. He was really spending some time in there when the cameras weren't on him, so you he, he can just tell. He's, ta- he's taking a lot more hits, but he, he's doing a lot of cutting, which always worries me, but I've gotten to the point where I think he's, he's playing it safely. He He is running probably more than I'd like him to, but he's kind of being relied on we we need him to, to run the ball like you said it's part of the offense but it's also it makes our offense even more dynamic but he's he's very smart about when he chooses to run and i mean he saw in that one play he got he got open he was about to take it to the house i think he was like shifting yeah. shifting the ball from one hand to the other and dropped it but otherwise he might have had a touchdown there
0: yeah no i think he was gone as well um I'm not. I mean, I'm not as concerned with him running. I guess anymore. Obviously, I think we would all think that was if he had Todd Boy's, Boyd's body, would would we be as concerned? No, he's you know he's more slender for sure, but he's been taking the hits this year and it, he hasn't shown any wear. So again, that's not a major concern to me. Uh, but he is clearly uh, what makes this offense tick. Um, and many people have said it. If you have a quarterback as good as him, uh, they can that can take you a long way. Which is all the more reason to question why Kelly Bryant got in there to start the third drive of the game. I yeah, we won't spend
1: too much more time on that, but I think the coaches got a little bit, a little greedy. They thought the game was in hand, and it clearly wasn't. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, I think the numbers won't help him in the Heisman hunt. I think he had what two touchdowns, one interception. Again, like you said, that interception was just a great play, and not really that bad of a pass. It got. Right out of the hands, or it was right um, a little bit north of Sean Peaks hands, but ultimately great, great game. Just though his ability to manage the game, make all of the right decisions, get the ball out, run when it's necessary, get down, baseball slide when it's necessary. Uh, the guy, the guy, yeah. And by the way, Fournette's really fallen off.
0: Uh, I think the guy Boykin from- is is it got hurt, and he had a really bad game uh, last week. I believe it was. Derrick so, Henry from Alabama is the front runner now, but I, I think absolutely. I honestly I think probably he has the best chance to win it. I've got one more question for you about Kelly Bryant though real quick. Yeah. Um, the coaches said it was scripted for Kelly Bryant to come in and start uh, the the third drive of the game and they really wanted to get him in and have him be a big part of the game plan, but let's say that we don't go down and score on our first two drives and somehow Q scores a touchdown. Uh, and goes up and we're up seven nothing to or we're down seven to nothing to start that third drive do you think they stick to the script and and put brian in there for that play no no that's
1: yeah absolutely not they that was completely the the byproduct of going up 14-0 thinking we're going about to kill this team 100 to nothing or like we're in a situation where we can pick the score and that's what it seemed like but it wasn't the case that was a it's not a great Syracuse team by any stretch, but that home-field advantage, um, their, their ability to really throw a lot of different uh, blitzes and stunts at you, I mean, they can at least you know put up a fight. And they did against LSU, they did against us.
0: Yeah, so overall, the offense did seem to play pretty well most of the day. We all thought they put up more points than they did. I think uh, the, the fact that we only got the six in the second half is kind of alarming. But at the end of the day, they did what they had to do to keep us in the game. And again, we never felt like we were in danger of losing, uh, that the offense was going to be good enough, that Syracuse was not going to be able to outscore us. Um, uh, Probably now the biggest weakness on our team, and this continues to rear its ugly head week after week, is our special teams. Um, I would say with confidence right now that our best tackler on special teams is Ammon Lakob, the kicker. (laughs) I think so and uh, we we got lucky with the the
1: greenlee play where he got knocked into the into the kicker but i thought that was just again i mean it wasn't a bad play that was a, it was a good call but it looks it looks bad and we still haven't really shown a whole lot of progression there which is that's what's alarming is we know it's a weakness and you're not seeing any improvement
0: and we have talent and i will poor kick coverage it, uh, if it does not improve i think poor kick coverage on special teams is going to get us beat at some time in this season because you can't afford to give great teams free points and that's what this is we're giving up these returns to really not great teams like Syracuse or NC State or somebody like that so when we play like an Alabama or North Carolina even with the way they've been playing or anybody else we may face in the college football playoff if we get there we're going to be facing better and better athletes and if they're taking it to the house and completely eliminate one of our scores again that's a momentum shifter no absolutely
1: it's it'll come down to these things and yeah, I mean, it, another one that kind of is surprising to me is seeing C.J. Fuller in there on kickoff return. Uh, and he's he's definitely he's short-handed. He's not going to fumble, and that might be why he's in there. But he's he's not. He doesn't have the quick quickness. He's not an elusive guy like Ray Ray McLeod. And he, he's Getting like maybe ten yards, and it looks like he's looking for contact, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing as a kickoff returner.
0: Yeah, that's something you mentioned yesterday. As he does, he looks. I mean, he is a running back returning kicks, but he when he's returning kicks, he looks too much like a running back. Like he is looking for contact going through the hole instead of trying to bust it at the outside or have vision down the field to find the holes and get through them, and you know take one if not to the house, get a chunk of yards on the return. So I'm just wondering why. Is, is there nobody else on our team that can return can hopper not do
1: it hopper would be a candidate i mean he's he's in punt returns i don't know why you couldn't just as well put him in a kickoff return role i think tj green could be an option maybe you don't want to risk injury and maybe that's the thought process behind this but there's a slew of guys even like mac alexander again i think maybe it's because of injury th- that risk but we will say this if you're going to put cj fuller as your and as your kickoff returner guy, if they kick it into the end zone, he needs to take a knee and take that 25 yards.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If Even if it's one yard, he needs to catch that ball and take a knee because clearly it's not our strong suit returning kicks, nor is it our uh, strong suit uh, punting any phase of the game, punt returns or uh, teased all punting. He's averaging still, again, like 35 yards a punt. And all, and all of this really limits our ability to, f- to flip field position and, again, it's another one of those things. Playing against a really great team, that's going to be a very important factor. If, you know, we're starting from our 10 and we're letting opponents start from uh, their 40, that really results in long drives for us and short fields uh, for them. Yeah, and it's, it's just sad. I think the grand
1: scheme of things that we're talking about, special teams right now in the Syracuse game, but you're right, against better opponents... It's it's gonna it's gonna rear its ugly head. So uh, again, some things to correct. Maybe it's a good time the Wake Forest to, to try a few things new. Maybe you want to sw- switch up some personnel. Maybe get a new kickoff returner back there. Whatever the case, I think it, you got one more chance to really tinker with some things. I hate to say it, um, but Wake Forest is not very good. So after that, North uh, South Carolina probably then North Carolina. They need to have everything you know firing on, uh, firing on all cylinders by that point.
0: Yeah, so the last kind of uh, negative uh, part of the special teams for this game was uh, uh, Mackenzie Alexander getting that pass and in, pass interference call on that fake punt, which was really disappointing for me because I thought that I thought he had a good opportunity to actually get an interception, uh, his first interception we've all been on the look at out for, uh, but yeah, just you know, kind of a bad pass interference play. Um, he wasn't able to slow down and just kind of kept his momentum kept taking him into the uh, receiver on that play so look for a little bit more discipline i would expect out of him yeah
1: he he sniffed it out early it's just he was he's so i guess he's so concentrating on concentrated on, on shutting the receiver down sometimes that's why he doesn't get interceptions he's he's want to make sure he wants to make sure the receiver doesn't get any receptions. so uh, that that's kind of what happened there
0: well the fact that he got loose and if we were looking for that and he wasn't able to jam him off the off the line of scrimmage, um, I would say that, that was probably a another error um that he made or maybe it was just wasn't in the game plan for that on, on that play. Uh but ultimately it didn't, you know, it didn't lead to a loss. So just again another one of these things. It's just another part of the narrative of this, of the poor special teams play. Um at least there is one bright spot and that's Greg Hugel. He continues to be solid. He was, I think, three of three in this game, eighteen of eighteen of twenty on the year. Uh, he's four or five over forty yards this year, which, um, you know, I had to go back and look at the stats. I thought some of his misses uh, were more in that forty to forty nine yard range. Uh, I would still like to see him in a high pressure situation for me to have absolute and full confidence in him to to win us a game during crunch time of, of a of a big uh, match. Uh, but for for the most part, being a freshman coming in and what we expected of him, him being throwing in uh, into the situation after Lakeups Uh, arrest and uh, suspension earlier on uh, this year he's done a great job yeah I mean he's a freshman he looks so poised he goes right through and he
1: kicks a good ball yeah I mean I I think it's that's definitely a bright spot and and one that we have we have to look forward to for three more years it's a very good find in getting and hugo in there um Seth Ryan had a great play by the way so he made it noticed that we were one man down we would have lost a field goal uh great play by him Oh, uh, you did. You did say that these aren't high pressure pressure situations, but I mean the kicks that he had against Florida State, the kicks he's had against Syracuse, And the,
0: Louisville, I think.
1: And Louisville, they they ultimately yeah. won us the game just because it was not end of the game down by two. I mean, he's he's putting points on the board that are helping us win. So I, I would I would say that on some, in some regard, it's it, it is a high pressure. Or pressure situation
0: no and I I think yeah and the, and the fact that he's a freshman like you mentioned and the fact that we have him for another three years after this to get him this experience this early on and to know we have a guy like this kind of like with the situation with uh catman moving forward like that that puts me so much more I love having a really good kicker I hate it being shaky and it's all the more reason that yeah I don't think lakeup really it factors into this equation anymore you go with Hugo from here on out
1: and I just want to see lake up in, at linebacker at some point because he's such a great tackler. I mean, I think, I think we
0: could really use him in that two deep. <laughs> yeah, that flying. Um, he was sideways on that tackle, on that on that kick return. Um, yeah, he's had a couple of pretty good hits his, this year. His form tackling is immaculate. I'm telling you, I think he's just kicking the ball, like not into the end zone every time, just so he can just so he can go down there and hit somebody. Yeah. I love yeah. that out of him. Um, okay, well, uh, Cody, let's talk about our final thoughts here on the game. Um, you know, for me, I think we have a lot left to improve on if we want to consider ourselves to be the best team in the country. Um, you know, I think there's a good po- probability of us making the playoff, although I am now uh, more concerned about South Carolina and UNC. Um, but our schedule does kind of set up uh, to, to put us there. But again, like like we m- mentioned before, running up a, a an elite team that is clicking on all cylinders, and if we're not, it could lead to a... Uh, to a, to a blowout and a very uncomfortable uh, you know, performance, at least as fans.
1: Yeah, I, I think, actually after watching the game, I'm not as pessimistic as I was originally from seeing it the first time. I got to really, when you look at the game, it, for the most part, the defense made a lot of great plays. We're still dominant up front. I, I think great teams, they can always, they have at least one advantage, if not multiple advantages. And one thing I think we can hang our hats on is our interior line and even really our 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 defensive ends as well can be a dominant presence, and they still are. I think the issue just is there for like defensive end is depth, making sure Shaq Lawson can get some rest. Uh, the chunk plays that, that's that's what's killing us. But play by you know play to play, I think for the most part we still are a very good defense, and the things that are are, are really causing us to give up these these large plays can be corrected. And I think if anybody's suited to do it, it's Brent Venables. So I'm still I still feel okay about what's going on. Need to get those guys healthy that that went out with injury. And Deshaun Watson seems to get better and better every game. His his stats weren't as gaudy as they've been, uh, but he he still looks great. He's still his accuracy is just as good as it's ever been. Um, he's he's running the ball at the times he needs to. Um, Gallman, uh, hopefully he'll get healthy. But our running game is still looking good. So all together, I'm not as doom and gloom as I was before watching the game a second time.
0: Yeah, and listen, we're not trying to be pessimistic here necessarily. and We're not trying to, to be negative. We're just we're taking a look at this team and comparing it um, to other elite teams because if that's what we want to consider ourselves, that's the standard that we have to compare ourselves to. So when we take a step back and, and look at these recent games, yeah, I know they're wins, and we are celebrating them as wins. We're, we're happy to win, although this one was a little bit more... For a win, it's hard to say this, but a little bit more depressing Just because of what we expected going in But we we do need to We're not comparing ourselves to top 20 teams Top 15 teams anymore Right? It's not um, We don't feel fortunate to be just in the top 25 anymore This is a completely uh, different state of the program And knowing that We are going to take a look at how we've played And what our weaknesses are And compare ourselves to other great teams Because if we want to be great These are the things we're going to have to improve upon um, overall, though, again, a win is a win. Uh, Dabo said, you know, football's not a beauty pageant to, to a certain extent. I agree with him there. Um, we are 10-0. We're going to celebrate that, and let's move forward and, uh, and focus on Wake Forest. Um, okay, uh, scores from around college football. This was a really, really fun uh, weekend in college football. A lot of upsets uh, going on. Uh, the first thing we'll start off with, though, is a, a pretty nice win by Alabama. Uh, they beat Mississippi State 31-6. to This is a game that we thought maybe Mississippi State could possibly pull an upset. you know, I didn't think so much. I thought they would give more of a game than this, but this kind of really confirms Alabama's a good team. I agree. I, I'll say Mississippi State and the SEC always get the benefit of the doubt.
1: Maybe Mississippi State isn't 17th best team in the nation, but Alabama ha- has a resume that looks really good and they have a defense that looks really good. Uh, offense is not as great, but they do have one heck of a running back and a pretty good freshman receiver. So I I
0: wouldn't want to play Alabama right now. I'll just say that. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, although at the same time, if uh, I, I would, uh, I would cherish a win over Alabama in a playoff more so than I would over teams, say, uh. Oklahoma State or somebody like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. agree. (laughs) So um, that being said, let's talk about the Big 12 here real quick. You know, Oklahoma State did have a close one uh, near upset against Iowa State. Iowa State actually led for most of that game, although you kind of always got the feeling that they weren't going to hang on. They beat them 35 to 31. Oklahoma with a a big upset over Baylor, uh, 44 to 34. This clearly, I think, knocks Baylor out of the, the playoff race. And Seeing how Oklahoma State didn't play that great, and I know they've got some games left on their schedule um, that they could possibly lose. Could the Big Twelve be left out again?
1: I mean, it looks like it. I'll give Oklahoma a little bit of credit there. Uh, they, they, I mean, they look pretty good, you know, holding Baylor to thirty four points. Um, you know, granted, freshman quarterback, but I mean, they, they look probably like the best team out of the big from the Big Twelve, not Oklahoma State. Um, but, yeah, ultimately, they have a loss. They could very well be left out. And they don't have a conference champion, so they very well could be left out of the playoff.
0: Well, speaking of uh, conferences that are going to be left out of the uh, college football <laughs> playoffs, uh, let's move to the Pac-12. Oregon, uh, 38-36 to over Stanford. I think Stanford was a home in that game. And then Arizona, 37-30 to over Utah. Every team now, I'm pretty sure, has at least two losses in the Pac-12, which almost assuredly keeps them out of the the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and you see see L.A. lost as well. And I've been saying it all year. I think Stanford's a little bit overrated. And, again, they go down to Oregon, who is a god-awful defense. Maybe they've improved a little bit over the year, but uh, ultimately I I don't think not only is a Pac-12 team probably not going to make the playoff, I don't think there's one that's deserving to make the
0: playoff. And you know what this really hurts? Um, It hurts uh, (laughs) – Sorry, I'm just looking at the coaches poll here, and I'm seeing something funny that um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are actually tied for 25th. And like, what the hell? They get two of them in there, two crappy <laughs> SEC teams, and they stack them right there. Um, but, yeah, so uh, going back to this thing with Stanford, who this really affects is actually Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame, uh, they only beat Wake Forest by 21, 28-7. to 7. But if they're trying to make a, a playoff push, that if they go into Stanford now and win, that looks less impressive. Now, with Stanford having two losses— I, I don't know. You, you still give you still give them
1: credit for going in there and, and beating Stanford. Granted, it's not going to be a top ten Stanford, uh, but I think Notre Dame has a good path to make the playoff as a one loss team.
0: Yeah, so really, what we're looking at here is both the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve being left out, and that leaves you with um, you know a team, obviously probably Alabama from the SEC, a Clemson team from the ACC, if we hang on, and um, you know the Big Ten getting Ohio State in there. And it's funny. All of these questions you can start to ask and see all these teams start to to drop off. If we even have one loss, at some point, like let's say an ACC championship game loss, does that hurt us as much as we th- thought it might? Like and completely knock us out of the playoffs? As all these other teams aren't playing that well. Well, in this case, it would be north carolina is a one loss team
1: that would that would get in over us so yeah we can't afford any losses and especially if you look at like
0: a wake forest loss or a south carolina loss i think we lose a lot of credibility there yeah uh, i think it's only the north carolina loss that we could possibly bounce back from but then you would ask yourself you know could they jump us um i'm not sure who have they have to finish off uh, their season here but what they did have this weekend is a t- 59 to 21 win over miami and again north carolina looks really really good um Switching over now to uh, the SEC, the mighty SEC, number nine at the time, LSU goes down to Arkansas, thirty-one to fourteen. They continue to cannibalize themselves, and listen, this is just a bad loss. Arkansas is not a good football team. Yeah, they're and LSU. I think is very one dimensional
1: with Fournette, and I mean that was, and they're not a great defense like they traditionally have been. I I kind of saw it from the beginning. I didn't think LSU was the best team in the SEC, and I don't know that they're
0: really a, a top. They're definitely not a top ten team. Yeah, and it really makes that Alabama uh, win over LSU seem worse. And then Alabama also has that really what is now a bad loss to to Ole Miss. So maybe we're just kind of, again, it's that prestige factor with Alabama. They could be not as good as we think we are. We could be just fine given (laughs) given all our weaknesses. We don't know. I mean, we're going to have to play the games to find out. Um, And then lastly here, South Carolina will not go to a bowl game this year. We're playing a tiny bidden for you guys. um, they lose to florida twenty four to fourteen, and now, really, their only purpose for playing out the rest of the year. um, hell, they could even overlook the Citadel coming up next week. Um, they've got us, and that's it i I would worry about that game i I wouldn't take it lightly. I'm
1: just saying that i i I think we can uh, we can kind of look past the Wake Forest game a little bit. I don't think we can do that with the with South carolina um, th- that's I mean, going into Columbia, that's gonna be a crazy crowd. They have nothing to play for. Uh, nothing to lose, that's for sure. Uh, all they can play for really is just beating Clemson, and that would be a huge statement if they did.
0: Yeah, and it's always tough going in there, even if they're bad. I mean, just the the fact that it's a rivalry game, you know it's a hostile environment. Um, so, no, I never feel easy about that game going into it until we have a substantial lead. And even then, you know, we've got to be up like, like three scores for me to really um, s- start feeling like we've got the game in hand. Um, but at the same time, there's, they're not a good football team this year. And, um, again, they've only had three wins in the season. They're not going to go to a bowl game. Um, so, you know, what a, what a fall, what a quick and swift fall it has been from, uh, the top, whatever you consider that for South Carolina. Um, so quick look at the polls real quick. Clemson uh, remains number one in the AP. We actually jumped to number one in the coaches' poll, so eh, the coach is still not paying attention. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even care <laughs> Yeah, anymore. it's like, you know, we win. We have a good win, they drop us, and we don't play, they drop us, and then we have a, a mediocre win, and they bump us up, so whatever. But uh, both polls, um, Clemson 1, Ohio State 2, Bama 3, uh, Oklahoma State number 4. Uh, really of note at this point, uh, North Carolina jumping all the way up to number 12. Yeah, I think they deserve
1: it. I think they were definitely getting... Uh, I guess underestimated a little bit. They they have a very dynamic offense, maybe as good as Clemson's, or at least it's in the same conversation. Number of playmakers. They have an improving defense. Gene Chizik is now the defensive coordinator there. That's a that I mean. It's going to take a lot. I think. I think we've just kind of assumed once we get past Florida State, it's all downhill. But I'm I'm not only worried about the game in Columbia. I'm more worried about that ACC championship now. So. They definitely um, deserve to be number twelve, and if, if we are able to pull that one out, then we, we're going to have a very solid resume and be and have a legitimate chance to be that number one seed, assuming we can win out.
0: Yeah, a win over a highly uh, and a convincing win, um, but I'll take it anyway. We can get it uh, over the uh, University of North Carolina. At that point, would make you feel really good heading into kind of three weeks of practice and then into the college football playoff. Um, well, that's all we got uh, for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. Um, we will be back at some point here During the middle of the week With our uh, preview for the Wake Forest game And all, um, also touching a little round ball Giving an update on how the Clemson Tigers Have uh, fared in basketball so far this season We're off to a good start As we mentioned at the top of the show But uh, yeah, so some exciting things happening there um, If you have an iPhone You can subscribe to us with the podcast app You can search for uh, Podcasts or Clemson there Android, you can find us in any number of apps Like Stitcher, Pocket Casts, uh, TuneIn, etc um, on SoundCloud, uh, just search Clemson podcast, and now as always, you can check out clemsonpodcast.com with that uh, has some write-ups and some links to everything. Thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, go Tigers!